Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Love and romance come in all shapes and sizes, and here on Love Struck Daily, we love exploring every single one. Today, we're diving into the world of friends with benefits. What does romance look like in a non-monogamous situation? Keep listening to find out. I'm Sarah Wendell. I'm Alicia Rye. Welcome to Love Struck Daily, where we bring a love story to your ears every single day. Alicia, we have an email. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. We're going to make it a podcast series because this letter's great. Okay. Shasha Javeri wrote in asking us for different romance categories broken down. Oh. What are some of the categories of romance? Yeah. What are some good examples of books in those categories? Categories and subcategories. Oh, there's many. Yeah, there's many. If you want a taxonomy, we we love a good taxonomy in romance. We could do a flow chart here. Yeah, we could do a flow chart. So, Shasha, we are going to take your email and we're going to break it down and do different categories in different episodes. Sometimes we'll come up with a whole book list. Sometimes we'll uh, tie it to the theme of our interview. But thank you for emailing us because we are so excited to have this idea to Mm -hmm. help you learn more about romance. Yeah. And today's theme is... Friends with benefits. Yeah. So as a writer, what is the appeal of the friends with benefits trope and what is it? Okay. So friends with benefits, uh, in my view, is a classic trope. It's usually contemporary. The nice thing about it is generally you start off 
with a relationship already established. As a writer, it's always easier to start with a couple who always has some kind of pre-existing relationship rather than starting something from scratch, at least in my opinion. Uh, So friends with benefits is nice because you do have like that base to start from. It's like a base level of respect and kindness and you understand each other, hopefully, because you're friends with each other. And that is a base level for friendship as well. Absolutely. And then the benefits are the, um, the bedroom benefits. The sexy times. The sexy times, yes. Ooh. So one of my favorite things about friends with benefits conflicts mm. are that they are often internal. They're they're yes. not outside forces acting against the protagonists. Right. It's their own emotional landscape that's pros- you know, that's causing yeah. this problem. For example, if you are really good friends with someone and then all of a sudden you hit you you take a really nice side trip to Bone Town. Mm-hmm. Once you leave Bone Town, it has it has created complications in your relationship. Yeah. Maybe you just went to Bone Town and it was fine. You don't ever have to do that again. Great. Mm-hmm. But in a romance novel, it causes problems. Oh, always in a novel. Yes. In a romance novel or a rom-com or something, if you are friends with benefits and you start out and you're like, we are not falling in love, you are no. almost guaranteed that they will fall in love by the end of it. Which yes. I think – Kind of, I mean, I know people who have had successful friends with benefits relationships where they have not, well, successful meaning they have not fallen in love and they have remained friends with or without the benefits. And I, I, I do think that that's nice as well. It's a different kind of romance. It's a, it's a romance that's built on something different, I think. And it right. doesn't always end in romantic love. And for some romance timelines, the, series of of relationship sort of um, markers, for example, is you meet Mm -hmm. and you're attracted to each other and you might date or something might throw you together with that person. And Mm -hmm. the emotional relationship and a physical relationship sometimes develop side by side. Yeah. But sometimes in a friends with benefits story, the emotional relationship is already way far ahead of the physical relationship. Right. Integrating the physical after you've established the emotional can be very complicated in a book because one party might not want to risk having this person who is like family to them or mm-hmm. having a friend that they've been secretly in love with. Changing that is scary. Now, we could talk for literal hours about friends with benefits mm-hmm. in romance, but what about friends with benefits in real life? We got a listener email, and when I tell you this is one of my favorite things, please believe me, I get absolutely Mm -hmm. giddy. We are inviting listener Zara onto the show because she wrote us about her unconventional relationship with a man we will be calling S today. For the last few years, Zara has been on a healing journey to find someone who treats her the way she deserves, a journey that has spanned BDSM to friends with benefits, and she is here today to tell us all the details. Please welcome Zara. Thank you so much, Zara, for coming. We really appreciate it. So tell me a little bit about where you started on this journey or where you were in your life. I was actually still married. I haven't done the paperwork yet. I actually separated. I made the decision after my kid asked me, why are you still with that if you're always arguing Hmm. and fighting? And I decided that that wasn't what I wanted my kid to see as a baseline normal relationship. Yeah. Because what you see at home is what you think is normal and acceptable so that's I didn't want that at all so I separated stayed pretty quiet in terms of relationships meeting new people for a while 
And then started going out, started going back to dancing salsa, which I love. So I met S when I went dancing and he was with a friend who knew how to dance pretty well and he was a beginner. So I took some time with him, showed him a few basics to be able to dance a little bit better. And uh, we decided to, uh, if we met again, maybe to take it a little bit further. Mm -hmm. And the next time was actually March 7th, 2020. Significant date. (laughs) Yikes. A week before, just a week before everything closed down. So we went dancing and then I ended up spending the night with him. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me, I usually don't do that with people I don't know well. So I spent a very nice night. We talked also. This discussion was interesting. I mean, I really liked our chats. So I decided to keep in contact and, you know, call every once in a while, talk. And we would talk for hours and hours, like two hours over the, over the phone wasn't unusual. Mm-hmm. And then talks progressed to just walking around the neighborhood or going biking, going hiking. And at some point I told him that, you know, um, if you wanted to be in a relationship with me, I would be very happy to do that with you. Mm-hmm. And said, I can't actually if my ex came back to me i would go back to her Mm. oh ouch but i very much like that he was very honest with it yeah that's very honest yeah very upfront with it but uh, he did and still does let me manage my own feelings about the situation Mm -hmm. so we're still you know kept in contact and all that and then july last year once we were both vaccinated everything started to reopen more broadly then we went back to bed together mm-hmm. and we still have regularly the discussion of where do we see this going forward and we're still friends first and then benefits if they happen if they don't for me the most important thing is our friendship wow so if the if the sex went away you would still want to just stay friends with him yep that's nice yep if i had the choice between one or the other i'd take the friendship over sex and he is a very good lover so good for you (laughs) seriously (laughs) I i wouldn't have sex if it was bad you know okay we're gonna take a beat go have a sip of water coffee wine whatever you need we'll be right back xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote hey girlfriends it's me carol fisher I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. 
Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Is there any part of you at any point that thinks like, oh, I can change his mind about this? No, I'm going to be 43 soon. And I'm like, I don't have time to wait if he does change his mind or not. Yeah. It's, you know, life is too short. I spent already 15 years of my life in a relationship, which looking back on it, I should have left after the first few weeks or first few months. Mm -hmm. I'm not losing more time on that. So I still, I mean, I'm, Meeting other people, seeing other people. I'm not looking for, in general, for a relationship. Mm-hmm. As would have been an exception, would be an exception if he came back to me and said, hey, m- maybe I'd like to have a relationship with you after all. Because he is the first man I find who treats me so well. He does uh, a lot of biking. He's much more in shape than I am. But when we go for a walk or for biking, I never feel like I'm too slow, not enough in shape, too fat or whatever for him. It says a lot about my past partners and all the past men in my life that I, the first few times it happened, I was like, so, so grateful. What, what were like the past relationships in your life? I tended to be in relationships where I was made to feel like I didn't measure up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's very sad. And that's the reason why I was not, and I'm not looking for a relationship in general, because Mm -hmm. I don't want to fall back into those patterns. Yeah, it seems like like S has been, if nothing else, sort of a source of healing to show you that that this is quite possible in a relationship. Yeah, to have a respectful relationship where I feel like I do measure up and somebody wants to spend time with me, not because we are in a relationship. That's the one thing I really like because I was I read a text over on FetLife, uh, which was about 
monogamy and choice and one of the arguments the other was making that when you're in a monogamous relationship just with one partner at a time you choose to have that person do everything with you or most important things with you if you want to go to a party if you want to go on a trip if you want to go if you had a bad day at work usually it's that one person you do everything with Whereas when you're non-monogamous, whether it's polyamorous, whether it's just, you know, being open about, I have a, an open relationship, then you're more likely to say, well, this person is a really good travel partner. I'll go with them. And today I feel like doing this with that other person. So you're always choosing who you spend time with. And of course, you're not the only one in that situation. Your partner's probably in the same situation. So they might not be available when you are, but I find that it's really, really nice to be chosen as, hey, I want to spend time with you because I want to, not because we live together, but because I really want to spend time with you. Being chosen. Oh. Yes. Yes. And that also has been a, a source of healing for me. Would you consider this maybe more on par with like a non-monogamous relationship? It's a, it's a strange thing because people around me tell me, like, you obviously love this person very much, which is very true. But there was that one time I was at the esthetician talking about him. And then he called and said, hey, there's this thing at work. And it was about, I'm a data analyst. And it was work doing, querying the data in databases. So I did help him learn it. And then he said, well, there's this opening, shouldn't, you know, apply and all that. And then I gave him my uh, my own opinion on that. And when I hung up my esthetician, which I've been seeing for 10 years now. Yes, your esthetician knows you. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> and then, yeah, so after the call, she told me, if you hadn't told me you're not in a relationship, I would have assumed that you are. Wow. Because you have that level of caretaking with each other and that level of honesty. And, you know, asking for opinions, taking into consideration each other's opinion. So the label at this point is more or less relevant to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You talked a little bit about your interest in BDSM and fat life. How do you think that played into this almost a healing process that you had? Yes. Well, BDSM is something I have been interested in for years and years from reading romance novels. Shocking. There were hardly any. Yeah. There were no BDSM. Yeah. What are you talking about? There was like none, none to read at all, including none written by Alicia Rye. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Zero. And, you know, erotica as well. Mm -hmm. So there are things that I have been interested in. So I was, uh, I was, I wanted to explore it. I went on to FetLive, started looking there, found a Discord server that is from my region, mm -hmm. met some people. And yeah, I started exploring a few things. Uh, it's fun exploring with S because we've become such good friends between the moment we slept together the first time and the moment we slept together the second time. There had been almost a year and a half that went by. Mm -hmm. When I showed him what interested me, he was like, yeah, I want to try this or I want to try that. Aww. And we do trust each other to say, hey, I like this or I don't like this. Mm. Really not an issue to be honest about what works, what doesn't work for each of us. And another thing I had a lot of um, healing as well from the BDSM circles is that when I post pictures of myself, everybody finds me really beautiful, really sexy. Mm. 
And and one of the ways my past partners made me feel like not enough was my my body shape. And seeing all those people saying, you're so sexy, is also good for my body image. When you learn to own the way in which you feel desired, mm-hmm. you know, we are we are informed of such a very narrow version of what's attractive mm-hmm. and what's sexy. Mm-hmm. And it's almost always things that most normal human beings don't embody. Yeah. And so for you to be like, wait, hold on, not only am I chosen, I am desired, people think I am sexy. Heck yes, it undoes a lot of really horrible messaging that we internalize for our whole lives. And it teaches you to choose yourself too, I think. Yes, absolutely choose yourself. Yeah, I have been told that my enthusiasm is very sexy in and of itself as well. No question. What advice would you give others? I'd say the first thing is reflect on your past relationships. Mm. See if there's a pattern there that you should think about, heal from, if it's a pattern you found non-productive or making you unhappy. Mm-hmm. Take your time. Uh, sometimes we feel like time is slipping through our finger. Mm-hmm. But I mean, one reason I, I stayed with my ex was my aunt, which I love very, very much and whom I trust a lot, told me, you'll never find somebody who loves you as much as this guy. Mm. But being loved that much, if you're not being loved well, you're better off being loved less, Mm -hmm. but being loved better, Mm -hmm. which is counterintuitive, but it is better. I know, I agree with that. And I think also it's important to remember that maybe outsiders don't have the view of your relationship that you have. Yeah. And apart from that, just... Explore, take your time, use protection, get tested. (laughs) Yes, very important. Very, very important. Thank you so much, Zara, for coming on. We really appreciate it. And thank you for writing this in. And it's such a good story. And, you know, we wish you all the best. Yeah, you're welcome. I want continued healing and excellent sex for Zara as much as she wants. (laughs) Yeah, I wish that for her, too. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have a love to go for today's episode? I do. I would say that confidence is your most important accessory, followed closely by enthusiasm. Absolutely. I think those two things can get you real far. It's definitely true. And I think as adults, we're conditioned not to show enthusiasm mm-hmm. for things. And yeah, you got to be bored of everything. Yeah. And I mean, I am the person who my teens forever tell, Mom, you're so extra. But Mm -hmm. I love being enthusiastic about things. Yeah. And you know what? I want to hear what our listeners are enthusiastic about. Oh, me too. Would you please email us and tell us what you're enthusiastic about? Tell us your love stories. Tell us your ideas for the show. Just tell us what your favorite lip stain is. We want to know all of it. You can email us at lovestruckdaily at frolic.media. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at lovestruckdaily. We would love to hear from you. And we've already heard from so many of you, so please feel welcome. Don't be shy. Our researcher is Jesse Epstein. Our editor is Jen Jacobs. We are produced by Abigail Steckler and Little Scorpion Studios with executive producer Frolic Media. This is an iHeartRadio podcast. Wherever you are, we wish you a safe and wonderful happily ever after today.